Good morning, Year 6. Hope you are all good. I shall be reading Chapter 10 with you today. And as always, we're going to do it in the guided reading style. So I'll start on page 82. And then if you read page 83, I'll read page 84 and so on. Okay, so I shall begin. Chapter 10. So Ariete told him about borrowing, how difficult it was and how dangerous. She told him about the storerooms under the floor, about Pod's early exploits, the skill he had shown and the courage. She described those far-off days before her birth when Pod and Homily had been rich. She described the musical snuff box of gold filigree and the little bird which flew out of it, made of kingfisher feathers, how it flapped its wings and sang its songs and described the doll's wardrobe and the tiny green glasses, the little silver teapot, out of the drawing room case, the satin bed covers and embroidered sheet. Those we still have, she told him. They're her handkerchiefs. She, the boy realised gradually, was his great aunt Sophie upstairs. He heard how Pod would borrow from her bedroom, picking his way in firelight among the trinket on her dressing table even climbing her bed curtains and walking on her quilt. Okay, if you pause me now and carry on reading page 83. Okay, so it's my turn. I only see her in the mornings when she's cross. She sends for me and looks behind my ears and asks Mrs D if I've learned my spellings. What does Mrs D look like? asked Arietti. How delicious it was to say Mrs D like that. How careless and daring. She's fat and has a moustache and gives me my bath and hurts my bruise and my sore elbow and says she'll take a slipper to me one of these days. The boy pulled up a tuft of grass and stared at it angrily. Arietti saw his lip tremble. My mother's very nice, he said. She lives in India. Why did you lose all your worldly riches? Well, said Arietti. The kitchen boiler burst and hot water came pouring through the floor into our house and everything was washed away and piled up in front of the grating. My father worked night and day, first hot, then cold, trying to salvage things. And there's a dreadful draught in March through the grating. He got ill, you see, and couldn't go borrowing. So my uncle Hendreary had to do it and one or two others and my mother gave them things bit by bit for all their trouble. But the kingfisher bird was spoiled by the water. All its feathers fell off and a great twirly spring came jumping out of its side. My father used the spring to keep the door shut against drafts from the grating and my mother put the feather in a little moleskin hat. Okay, if you pause me now and finish page 85 and then I shall read page 86. Okay, my turn. Ariete looked grave. Supposing my Uncle Hendreary borrowed an emerald watch from her dressing table and my father took it and hung it up on our wall, that's stealing. An emerald watch? exclaimed the boy. Well, I just said that because we have one on the wall at home, but my father borrowed it himself. It needn't be a watch. It could be anything, a lump of sugar even. But borrowers don't steal. Except from human beings, said the boy. Arietti burst out laughing. She laughed so much that she had to hide her face in the primrose. Oh dear, she gasped, with tears in her eyes. You are funny. 
She stared upwards at his puzzled face. Human beings are for borrowers, like breads for butter. The boy was silent for a while. A sign of wind rustled to the cherry tree and shivered among the blossom. Well, I don't believe it, he said at last, watching the falling petals. I don't believe that that's what we're for at all. I don't believe we're dying out. Oh, goodness, exclaimed Ariete impatiently, staring up at his chin. Just use your common sense. You're the only human being I ever saw. Although I do just know of three more, Cramful, her and Mrs. Driver. Okay, if you pause me and read page 87. Okay, all done. My turn. He drew back again, his fair head blocking out a great piece of sky. Well, he said deliberately after a moment, and his eyes were cold. I've only seen two borrowers, but I've seen hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. Oh no, whispered Arietti, of human beings, and he sat back. Arietti stood very still. She did not look at him. After all, after a while, she said, I don't believe you. All right, he said, then I'll tell you. I still won't believe you, murmured Arietti. Listen, he said, and he told her about railway stations and football matches and race courses and royal processions and Albert Hall concerts. He told her about India and China and North America and the British Commonwealth. He told her about the July, July sales. Not hundreds, he said, but thousands and millions and billions and trillions of great, big, enormous people. Now do you believe me? Arietti stared up at him with frightened eyes. It gave her a crick in the neck. I don't know, she whispered. As for you, he went on, leaning closer again, I don't believe that there are any more borrowers anywhere in the world. Okay, if you pause me and carry on reading page 89. Great reading. My turn. His face turned pink. Let me just get the book, he pleaded. I'm not going to read to you now, said Arietti. Why not? She looked at him with angry eyes. Because, listen, he said, I'll go to that field. I'll go and find Uncle Hendriri and the cousins and the aunt, whatever she is. And if they're alive, I'll tell you. What about that? You can write them a letter and I'll put it down the hole. Arietti gazed up at him. Would you? She breathed. Yes, I would. Really, I would. Now, can I go and get the book? I'll go in by the side door. All right, said Arietti absently. Her eyes were shining. When can I give you the letter? Any time, he said, standing above her. Where in the house do you live? Well, began Arietti and stopped. Why once again did she feel this chill? Could it only be his shadow, towering above her, blotting out the sun? I'll put it somewhere, she said hurriedly. I'll put it under the hall mat. Which one? The one by the front door? Yes, that one. Okay, so if you read page 91. Don't forget to put me on pause. Great. Um, we have now finished reading chapter 10. It's really interesting, the relationship between Arietti and the boy. Do you think Arietti should trust the boy? Mm. Well, tune in tomorrow to listen to chapter 11, read by Mrs. Miss Sora. Have a good um, day, year six. Bye.